Fantastic. Well, once again, it's great to have you in church with us this morning. And uh, we just do really want to honor all of the family and friends of uh, Reg and June. Can we just welcome them one more time? There's a whole crew of them scattered over here. So good having you in our house. So great you've come out to uh, stand by this beautiful family. And they are a dear family to us here. They are a gifted family, aren't they? Incredible. And uh, it's so great that you're here. And uh, we're back from a week of holidays. We were away last weekend. And uh, it's good to be back into life and uh, be back at church here at Silverwater, which is wonderful. We did uh, have a great time up the coast with lots of beach time, some surfing, and for about the first time in my life, lots of fish, which was good. Made sure that I sent some photos to Mick so we could see the amazing catch. Finally, I learned how to catch fish, which was wonderful. And uh, this is our last weekend on our series, summer series, and I thought that I'd actually go into the topic of uh, prayer and fasting this morning as I come around the Word. We're obviously kicking off today. Uh, there's 21 days as a church where we come and we uh, spend some time focusing on prayer and the Lord. And I personally, uh, I love prayer. I know the power of it. I know what it's done in my life. I know the difference that it makes. I know for a strong walk with the Lord, it is so important. And I know it's a pillar in the Christian faith. And uh, there's no doubt about it, I would not be where I am today in life without having a prayer life, day after day, month after month, year after year, since I was a young boy. It absolutely makes a difference. And if there's to be a foundation in your life, prayer has just got to be included in that. And uh, we're on to a new year, and I just love the start of years, because you can kind of feel like you can make some changes. It's like a good season to go be good to do some things differently. And, uh, and I know with prayer that it is so easy to just be strong one day and then it's like a couple of weeks or months go past and all of a sudden you think, oh, I'm not, I'm not praying like I was. I, all of a sudden I've got busier and I'm tired so I'm sleeping in more and I, I get into the day and I'm rushing off to work or whatever it is and then you get to the end of the day and you think, I haven't prayed that much and I know it can happen to us. And I think it's good sometimes to come back and kind of go, okay, how is it? How am I doing with prayer? Do I need to, to set aside more time? And I love that as a church body, we're saying 21 days, three weeks, where we're going to really zone in. We're really going to focus. We're going to show up to some prayer services. We're going to, as a church, make some sacrifice, because that's what fasting is. And we'll look at that in a moment. It's making some sacrifices. It's putting some things aside. That, uh, that we enjoy and like. I may not look like it, but I love food, and fasting is not easy. I wouldn't say, oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's not, but I do know the outcome of it is very powerful, yeah. and I do know that you start kind of, you know, things start put aside, and it's like, God, I'm focusing in on you. God, I want you to move in my life. I want stuff to happen, and I love it that as a church, we're doing this over the next three weeks, So maybe you've got up this morning and thought, I didn't even know it was happening. Well, that's okay. It's the first day, so right here today, you can make some decisions to say, I'm going to give up something and join in with this uh, prayer and fast in the house of God here at Silverwater. And uh, I just know that if you need a breakthrough in any part of your life, you've got to go to prayer. It's just, there's, no, there's, there's no easy way sometimes to break through. Sometimes you've got to go to prayer, you've got to go to God, you've got to go to war, and you've got to go after your breakthrough. Don't let life just be thrown around by what's thrown at you. Stand up and fight. And the way we do that as Christians is we pray, we get passionate, 
We go into battle and we warfare with prayer and it makes a difference. And if you can do that in life and do it well, you'll find yourself living like the scriptures say, more than a conqueror. You'll find yourself winning some great battles because God is alive and he hears your prayers. And we'll look at that in a little while. I love Corrie Ten Boom says, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is it your steering wheel? Is it something that you're like, God, I'm praying, you're in control? Or are you going to prayer just when there is an emergency, just when things just go to mud and you're going, okay, now I pray? Can I encourage you? And obviously, when there's big deals in life, often we really ramp up the prayer, but don't make that the only time you pray in life. It is good to keep it going all day, all week, all month, a good, strong prayer life. You and your family will reap the benefits if we pray. It's important. It's important. We need to make sure, and that's what I love about these next three weeks, we can really get it going again, can really get the engine of prayer in our lives and as a church body really going. And we must need to do this because there's no doubt in my mind we are entering new days on the earth. And the church cannot be silenced. The church must rise. Us as Christians must rise up in prayer. It's what we need to do. We're not going to be out in the world and and doing protests and writing blogs and, and going to violence. We're going to go to prayer. And prayer will be the thing that makes the difference. Prayer will be the thing that breaks things over cities and saves lives and see people come out of darkness into light. It's prayer. And all of us can jump on board. And I love that. We can all make a significant difference in the earth today. And maybe you're thinking, yeah, Hartley, you know, it has got a bit busy and, and prayer seems to be the thing that's squeezed out. And that happens because the enemy will know. He knows the power of prayer. He knows the power of it. And he'll do all he can to put distractions and things in place that all of a sudden it's not happening in your life or you get a bit upset or a little bit offended at this and all of a sudden it's not something you're focusing on and not something you're going for, but we need to be people who pray and pray and pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. It's what we should be like, just praying. We have a prayerful life and it makes a massive, massive difference. And I'm excited that we can focus on it. Prayer changes the world and it also changes your world. Prayer makes a difference. So I'm going to look at just the four things here today. It might be questions you have. It might help answer some things today. Number one, why pray? Why pray? I pray because it brings change. I pray because God moves when we pray. It's all through the Bible. There's no doubt about it that prayer makes a difference. Prayer makes a difference. And it's all through Scripture. In 1 Chronicles 4, we read about the family of Judah. It goes through and it mentions just over 100 names in this passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. And it's all saying, you know, that's the son of that person, the son of that. It's all going through that. But there's one name in those just over 100 that it says more than just, you know, a little bit of the genealogy. It says a little bit more. And it's over someone called Jabez. Jabez, the name means born in pain. He's labeled this at birth. He's born in pain. And he says a prayer in the middle of this passage of Scripture. Oh, and he shouts out. He's like, oh, that you would bless me. He's praying to the God in heaven. 
You would enlarge my territory. You would have your hand upon me, keep me from evil. And then it says, I don't want to cause pain, that I may not cause any more pain. And I love that the Bible says this. It says, God granted him what he requested. How good is that? What a great story to think. You can be labeled something in life. You can have life going one way, but you can call out to God for a change. You can call out to God for something altogether completely different, something good for your life, something you want to go right in your life, something that blesses your life. You can call out to God, and just like you did to Jabez, God can grant your request. I think God's worthy of a round of applause right now because that is the God that we serve. That is the God that we serve, and God can do so much. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Who knows Sydney needs to be healed right now? Who knows that we need a move of God in this city? Who knows that as the church rises up and as the people of God and the churches of the city pray, we can see a mighty move of God. We can see a city transformed. We can see lives forgiven. And we need to pray. We just need in our own lives to carry the presence of God, to carry an anointing from heaven on our own lives so that we can be a light in the world. Because there's too much darkness That's what I love about church. You come here and we can leave. We can be refueled and ready to go into the week. We can be ready for that and go into the week and we can be a light and we can make a significant, amazing difference to people. We've got Brett and Scotty Linda back here. They've been on pretty much ministry leave for the last four or five weeks, ministering around the country, which is brilliant, seeing so many people saved and healed, which is incredible. But I know Brett really well, and I know that it was a number of years ago that Brett really, really zoned in on prayer. And the difference it made in his life was amazing and significant. He was rising early. He was spending hours in prayers, using the gift of tongues that the Lord had given him. He was going to prayer in depth and putting good time. And God just did amazing things in his life. And he carries the presence of God where he ministers. And People get healed, set free, delivered. People find Christ because he carries this anointing, and we all need it on our lives. Pastor Phil, senior pastor, says this, when I pray, I feel like God is putting wings to my efforts, and I love that. I love that. We, uh, many of you know that on a Thursday, we hold a, a thing just through these wards called this care center service, where we... Uh, have people from our community, many of them maybe are out of work or struggling in life, and we, uh, we put a little service on, we sing some songs, we do a message, we pray for them if they've got needs, we give them a beautiful, nutritious, healthy lunch, we uh, send them away with groceries if they're in need, and, and clothing and shoes, and it's just a wonderful thing we do as a church, wonderful. But oh, I had uh, Carly come into my office on Thursday uh, this week and said, oh, check this out, she had recorded This beautiful lady who the week before, so two Thursdays ago, had come to that service and she'd brought her young boy and her young boy was in a really, not in a good place. 
he was really in a place that uh, very hyperactive and causing a lot of grief. And, and he got prayed for, I believe, by Kate and Carly. And this lady came back a week later. Carly told me this lady almost bowled her over with excitement when she saw her. And she testified, we've got it on video, about what had happened to her boy since that prayer. She said he went and he went home to sleep. He, she said when he woke up, he was a different person. And she was beaming. He's like, he's at school now. He's different. God healed him. God t- He's different. She, God had moved because some people like Carly and Kate, some of our team spend time in prayer. They get the touch of God on their lives. So it's not just for their own good being and their great life so they can touch others, that they can have situations where they see a big need and they pray and it's not like they pray and they hope something happens and it might have happened 10 years ago once. Things are happening. Lives are getting touched and transformed and here's a mum with her child changed because God moved through some of our people at Silverwater. Isn't that beautiful? And we can all carry that same presence of God because the Holy Spirit lives in us, in us, so that we can be a light in a world that is so often so dark. It's wonderful. We received an email. I think this came through like a week or two ago. We'd had a, a young uh, girl, young teenager, come here on our Sunday morning service. And uh, she wrote this uh, to our office, uh, this email. It says, C3 Silverwater has been so hospitable but in a genuine way that truly reflects God's love. My mother's friend invited us to your church and we came just to check it out, but we left with renewed hope. From the moment I engaged with Pastor Hartley, and I'm not doing this to glorify me, this is encouraging me because this is like, I want to carry this all the time, and this is for us. I could tell that he had something that I wanted. My mind was cloudy and self-absorbed, but it was obvious that he had an outlook on life that was anointed healthy, flourishing, and genuine in its pursuit of helping others. I told him about my doubt, if God was real, and he prayed for me. I prayed for her in our, in our coffee area after the service. He prayed for me. I could feel the power of his prayer, and immediately my cloudy mind expanded, and I felt joyful, peaceful, and this wholeness that is what could only have been the Holy Spirit. It was so exciting for me as I realized that this was a glimpse of the same spirit that Pastor Hartley and all the members of your church had. That special something that I saw and I wanted and continue to want to pursue. I'd almost given up believing in God and still have doubts, but I'm so grateful that I visited your church that morning. It was definitely a standout moment for me. That's word for word from this girl called, a young girl who came here a number of weeks ago. Be encouraged, church. We can carry that to the world, to a hurting world. We can carry that. And I just know when we get into prayer that that stuff happens. I'm so excited for today's healing service because when I left the office at 10 past seven on Tuesday night, I looked through into the function room and who was in there? The healing service team in prayer, praying for today's service on Tuesday night, setting up the meeting, asking God to move for miracles. They were setting it up. God's going to do something in there today. Billy Graham says this, prayer is the rope that pulls God and man together, but it doesn't pull God down to us, it pulls us up to him. 
It pulls us up to him. Wouldn't it be exciting if we just had this wonderful output in life that just made us like really effective? Who wants to be effective in life? Who wants to make a difference in life? Who wants to carry the presence of God and put light in situations that are dark and where people don't have hope, speak hope, and where people are downcast and sad? You, you bring life. And we can do that if we, if we stand on the rock of Jesus and we're people who pray. It makes a difference. I saw my wife Natalie last year go to new levels in all areas of her life and her ministry and her preaching and her ministering and pastoring. But I know where it, what it came from. It came from her making a decision at the early part of last year to rise up early and go to prayer. For the first time in my married life, she was beating me up some mornings. I'm an early riser, but she was up. I've got images of her out on the back deck when it was cold with a, with a, you know, a blanket around her, just walking up and down and praying made a significant difference. But of course, there'll be a sacrifice sometimes. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it. What a great way to start a day in prayer. End the day, start the day. Set yourself up for a good day by praying. Lay it before God. So important. We don't know what will come. I have three children. Sienna is now eight. She's my eldest daughter. And when she was five weeks old, we had something happen in our family that was not great, but I'm grateful to God for the outcome because she was our first child. And at five weeks old, you know, you don't, I don't think you take your eyes off your children when you're around them. And I just, you know, was just like my daughter, my little baby. And I just clearly remember just always playing my hand upon her when she was asleep and, and praying a prayer of protection over her life at nighttime and in the morning. And I remember this day I went to work. I worked about 20 minutes from where our home was. I was working uh, in an IT job as a sales manager. And uh, on this particular day, I got a phone call. It's just the kind of phone call you never want to receive. It was a phone call from my wife, Natalie, bawling her eyes out, so distraught. What had happened? She was at home with our five-week-old daughter. And uh, someone had given us one of those kind of little rocky chairs that you place the kid in and you, you strap them in just by pretty much putting a little kind of seatbelt on them. And that's it. And it kind of rocks. And Natalie, you know, being the mum, just didn't want to take her eyes off the, the new, our first child. And she was doing some stuff in our bathroom that was a combined laundry. And she'd taken Sienna into the laundry and she actually had grabbed that little rocker and she'd placed Sienna on top of the washing machine, which is one of those top loaders. So it's already quite high. And then she's placed Sienna on there. And on the ground is just tiles. And Natalie moved away to do something. And for some reason, maybe it was a little bit of movement from the baby. But that, all of a sudden, Natalie turned just to see the most horrifying thing is that baby flipped forward and headed, head-butted straight onto the, the concrete, onto the tiles just the worst thing for a mother. There was nothing there to protect her head. She was strapped in down there and she flipped and went head first. I got the phone call. I broke speed limits to get home. I rushed into the house. We grabbed a little five-week-old girl and we put her in the, ran her up to the car, took her straight down to the emergency area at Monobar Hospital. We were like six or seven minutes from there. Quick drive, ran in. Straight away, doctors came, started looking at her. You know, we're crying, we're like... The doctor's kind of looking, we're like, where'd she hit? And that's like, I saw it, like, just straight on, straight on the head and rushed her off and did test after test after test after test. 
they could not find a single thing wrong with this girl. There was no mark, there was no redness, there was no lump. Our little daughter was like, she's, she looks fine to us, she's fine. She'd hit that thing and hit it hard. That thing had flipped down. And I just never underestimate our great God. I think there was a little hand under her that day. Natalie's hand wasn't there, but God's hand was there. We need to pray. Start off your day well. Start it in prayer. Set yourself up in prayer over your family, over your life, whatever you're going into. There's just so much to pray about, isn't there? If you think, oh, I struggle to pray. Man, we pray over thanking God. You know, if you're saved, thank you for your salvation. Thank you that he sent Jesus. Thanking him for your health. You got good health at the time. Thanking him that he's moving in this situation, that he's going to take care of that situation. Protection over your family. Thank you for your life, your ministry life, your leadership life. Whatever you're doing in life, you could go on and on and on. Thank you for that person, this person. There's so much to pray about. We need to make sure that we actually say it. We pray. You might be someone who falls into temptation easily. Start the day off praying that you don't and wait and see the results, how things can be different because you've prayed. You've asked God for his help, his power on your life. There's so much to pray about. So that's the first thing. Number one, why pray? Because it works. God moves. Number two, are my prayers heard? The beautiful thing is absolutely yes. The God who made the heavens and the earth hears our prayers. Emilio, he hears your prayers. Julie, hears your prayers. Rhonda, he hears your prayers. All around, I could go around. June and Reg, he hears your prayers. Chad, he hears prayers. We could go on and on. Patrick, Vivian, he hears prayers. Jared, he hears your prayers. God hears our prayers. He hears them. Things change and get altered because God hears our prayers. Psalms 18.6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Psalms 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, 15. The one I read before. We seek the face. There we go. Psalm 66, 19, 20. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. God hears our prayers. It's good news. We're not just praying and this like vapor's going up and it's just going into nothing land. It's going to the ears of God. God hears the prayers and the cries of his people and things start to turn around and change. And I've been walking with the Lord for a lot of years now and I've just seen it time and time and time and time again of God moving because of prayer, God moving because of prayer. I remember this one. This was one that was kind of like a fun one for me. I was, uh, first time I'd ever been to the snow, I was 21. We had a group of seven guys from my church, and we went down to the snow, and uh, I was excited to snowboard. I really wanted to snowboard, and we went down to the snow, and on the first day, we parked our car, I think, at the ski tube, and got on the thing and as we arrived we looked up and it said light winds and you know it kind of sounded like the weather was good up there and we got up and we got up there and it was like you walked out of the little protected area you almost got blown over it was uh raining it was just the worst conditions ever 
it's terrible. All my friends uh, who'd been before just said, we don't even do it in this. Like, you know, they went and had hot chocolate. I'd paid for a lesson. I'm like kind of keen because I'm like, first trip to the snow. I'd never seen snow until that trip. I'm like, I'm out there. So me and another friend went out, had a two-hour lesson on our snowboards and tried to learn a few things. And we finished that and they're like, guys, we're out of here. They're like, cars are leaving. We're getting a refund because it was false advertising down at the ski tube. By the time we got up there, it was like gale force winds. So the next day we got up in Jindabyne. We couldn't afford staying on the snow back then. And uh, there we were in Jindabyne. We look outside. It's just rainy. It's cloudy the trees are going like this and we're like oh no we've only got like two and a half days we spent a fortune like you do to go to the snow we're like this isn't looking good so a few of the guys said oh look we're just going to stay and watch movies in Jindabyne and a car full of us said well why don't we drive around the Guthika because you could drive all the way on the road we had a four-wheel drive and then you could at least get to the ski fields and physically see before you commit to your ticket so we're driving around and uh, the weather was just looking terrible. It's like, this isn't looking good. Should we turn back? And we're like maybe 10 or 15 minutes, 10 minutes, I'd say, uh, short of arriving at the ski fields. And one of the guys in the car, Fraser Rowe, he's from uh, Oxford Falls location, said, boys, why don't we pray? It's like, oh, it sounds like a good idea. So I remember, he said, I'm praying. So I remember him saying this prayer. I was in the back seat, I think, and he just said a prayer to God. He said, God, we're here. We're here to have some fun today, but if you could do something and help us out with the weather, we'd really appreciate it. He said, you know, it's not going to put anyone out. I don't think it would put anyone out in the snowfields. And anyway, we kept driving. And uh, I reckon within a minute, two minutes tops, we kind of looked out and we're like, looks like it's getting a bit lighter. Then all of a sudden we started to see, you know, a little bit of a kind of an opening and some blue sky start to appear. And we're like, how good is this? By the time we got to the ski fields, like literally minutes had passed. We're like, no wind barely, the sun's come out, it's fairly blue, there's just a couple of little streaks of white. We're like, how good is this? We got there, there was literally not a soul there, the weather had looked that bad, I don't think anyone bothered to come out. So there we are as these young guys just going, how good is our God? He moves, he answers prayers. I've even got a photo, this is the first run of the day, look at the sky behind me, it's pretty blue. How good is that? Now, I did break my finger about 0.2 of a second after that photo. True story. I did not land. That was a black diamond run. The first run of the day, my friends were very kind. They thought they'd take me to the hardest run on the mountain. I just had a two-hour lesson, and uh, I looked good for a second, but I fell and broke my finger. They all told me to keep going that I was a wuss, but anyway. (laughs) But I just love that God can do anything and there we are and we just got to enjoy his creation for the entire day barely a soul in sight it's like no lineups on anything god is just a god who loves to answer the prayers of his people so be someone who prays they're never wasted revelations 5 8 and when he had taken it the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb each one had a harp and they were holding a golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people. Full of incense. Our prayers, they don't go to waste. They don't go to waste. They're heard. Keep praying. Keep praying. Find a thing that works for you. I love coming to the corporate kind of meetings because I just know if we've got a one-hour prayer service and I come, I'm there for an hour. I know I'm going to be praying for an hour. I love the faith of getting together with other people. There's so many good reasons. Come to prayer things. Go for prayer walks. Find out. What happens? 
Don't live a life where you are grumble complaints. Be a life where you pray with faith. Pray with faith. Pray with faith. John 16, 23, 24. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy may be full. Don't get to heaven and go, oh, life wasn't that good. This how this never happened. And, and God goes, you just didn't ask me. You've got to ask. Don't let that happen. Ask and ask and ask. Be a prayer. Be a prayer calling out to God and see what he does in your life. Keep asking. Be relentless. Keep going and going and going. Thirdly here today, it's going to touch on is this, this fasting. Fasting is really powerful. Fasting. We know that uh, Jesus talked about fasting. He did some instructions around fasting because he says, uh, when you fast, if you look at Matthew 6, 16 to 18, he says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Here, Jesus is teaching, but he's not saying uh, if you happen to fast. He's saying when you fast. It was something that the people, he expected them to be doing. We know that in the Old Testament times, uh, since Moses, the Israelites had been fasting on the Day of Atonement. We read other special fasts. Uh, We know in Joel chapter 2, it talks about God calls out to his people and says, come back to me. And come back to me with prayers and fasting. Fasting is through there. In the New Testament, early on in Luke, we read about someone, uh, Anna, the prophetess, and she was, uh, says that she was uh, into fasting and prayer day and night. And uh, favor was on her life because of that. And the fasting here r- literally means not having eaten. Not having eaten. So fasting is a powerful thing that we can do in life. There's another reference in the New Testament about the Jews. Some of them fast twice a week. This thing of fasting, it's very, very powerful. Jesus himself fasted. He went 40 days in the desert and he was fasting. Fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. You know, I do fast. If it's a three-day fast, I kind of sometimes skip the last night. But Jesus, 40 days, 40 nights, did it the right way. So what, it's abstaining from food for a time in order to grow spiritually, glorify God, enhance our spirit and grow our prayer life. It's for our benefits we fast. For us, we can do this. And it can produce great results. It says this in Isaiah 58, 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. You can have stuff drop off your life when you go to prayer and fasting, when you go into it and get into it. Go there. We need to, putting something aside, making the sacrifice. It's about denying our natural appetites and raising our spiritual appetites. Raising our spiritual appetites. Psalms 35, 13, I humbled my soul with fasting. You know what, things happen in life, I had a situation in our wider family happened the other day and I didn't really know what the answer was. I didn't really know what was needed. But what I did do, I went to a fast. I went into a three-day fast and I fasted over that situation, over that purpose and over that person involved. 
Fasting is powerful. We don't always know how to pray, but as we go into God, He knows what's needed. We go and we make a sacrifice. and We ask for a mighty, mighty move of God. And sometimes we stand in the gap for others. We do it to make extra time with the Lord, seeking His face in prayer, reading the Bible, worshipping, wanting to know Him, open ourselves to listening to Him. There's no blanket rule for what fasting we should all do. For those of us who are saying, yes, I'm going to do some fasting, it will be different for most of us. For some of us, it may be, I'm going to miss over the next three weeks, a day or two a week, and I will fast and just drink water. Always keep drinking water, of course. It might be that people put aside certain foods. There's, there's certain fasts where you might say, oh, I'm just going to not, not have solid foods. I'm just going to have some juices and, and some milkshakes, and I'm going to have some soups, and that might be for a certain amount of days or for the whole, whatever it is. There's, there's ways to give up, you know, some of the things you love. It might be sugar or sweets or, dare I say, coffee. Yes, I said it. Mick said, don't go there. But that can be really good because if you love coffee and you have that urge and you're like, why can't I have a coffee? You're smelling it. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm fasting from it. And you go to prayer instead of that. And, and utilize the time. It might be you miss a meal of the day. And it's like in that meal, Monday to Friday, whatever it might be, instead of sitting down and making that and doing that, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to call out to God. There's many, many ways to do it. But find out your way. But we will always say if you're pregnant or you're a feeding mom or you're on medication or you work a really, uh, you know, a job that you really need, uh, you know, there's times where simply this food fast is not for you. And we do uh, tell you that if you're unsure, do speak to a doctor in your situation or your pastor or your leader. Uh, We do have those booklets out uh, at the info desk for you to grab just to get a little bit more information. But for some people, it's like, well, I can't do the food, but I'm turning the TV off for 21 days. I'm disconnecting that so I can connect with God. That might be your thing. But it might be certain foods. But do it with wisdom. Ask questions if you need to with your connect group leader. But can I encourage you, church, to join us as we do it as a church. And we call out to God for a move of God. We call out to God for Him to come and do something mighty in our lives and in the families of those around us. Let's take this time to recalibrate, to refocus our attention to the cross through prayer and fasting. Be a wonderful thing. And just fourthly here, I just want to touch on corporate prayer. We have times, which we should, where we're praying just on our own in our, in our private times and so forth. Brilliant. But I love also adding on to that, coming and praying corporately. So we've added more prayer services the next three weeks, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m. We've got the uh, Tuesday night uh, prayer meeting this Tuesday and then the third one of the month here at 7 p.m. for one hour. But I love coming together, corporately praying, because there's sometimes there's things that are so big, and they, sometimes they're personal things for us or they're corporate things that we pray of that we just need the whole church to be praying. And it happens sometimes, and I love that corporate prayer. I love coming together shoulder to shoulder. I love hearing the faith, because sometimes you come into a prayer meeting and you feel like your faith's a bit down, and then you, you hear Patrick start to pray, and it's like, whew, my faith's coming alive, and then Brett gets on the thing, and then Scotty, and, and then Mick's praying, and then Rhonda, and you're like, you know, you start, you know, you leave the place bouncing about 25 times, you know, more than when you came in. Your faith just grew because you got around other people, and your faith, as we join our faith, and Great things happen. Think about in Acts 12, Peter, 
miraculously freed from prison. But it says this, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Corporately, the church prayed and the miracle happened. And we can achieve great and mighty things if we do this well. I was in Melbourne over the last couple of days and I spent a night with my sister down there. And uh, we were having dinner on Friday night and uh, we were having our meals outside on this little courtyard. And she has two children, I think six and four, and they were sitting at one of those little wooden kind of children's tables and the three adults are at the adults' table. And towards the end of the meal... Her four-year-old son ran off into the kitchen and came back with some cheese. And I'm like, oh, what's happening here? And he kind of gets down under his table and starts dropping these bits of cheese. And I think they've got a few bits of sausage off their table. And I'm like, what's this? And my sisters started explaining. They go, oh, there's all these ants that live in a crack there. And my kids love to drop food and see them move the food. And I'm like, ants at my house? I follow them to the death. Where they're living, I go. I just dismantle. Who wants to watch ants? But I couldn't do this. They're like, they're like they're little pets, but she's like, they love it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, okay, come and show me. And I kind of get down and see all these ants scattering out. And then I got this brilliant idea because I have an iPhone. And my iPhone has this thing called time lapse. And uh, I've only used it once before having a, like a water fight in the backyard of the kids. And I thought, I'm going to get my own time lapse of these ants in action. So why don't we put our eyes to the screen and just have a look at my time lapse off my iPhone. These are the ants and there's the crack. And that is cheese, ladies and gentlemen. That is cheese. These tiny ants moving things that much bigger than what they are. Achieving so much. If one of them was there on their own, no chance. Put them together, put them corporately. Man, they're moving something pretty mighty and pretty big. And it's like us in church. When we come together, when we come together and we pray, we come together and we fast together, and we call out to God, God can do mighty things. We can move things that are mighty and great that can only be moved by the power of God. And we can call down that power when we pray, when we come together. And we'll be praying over these next few weeks on all sorts of things. And it's not all just about the church here. It's about us. It's about our lives. We're praying over marriages and over finances and over careers and over people's jobs as well as the church and reaching the community and wanting to see people saved and praying over our kids and over our youth. The list will go on, but you get around those atmospheres and I tell you what, you will leave not regretting coming to a prayer service. Corporate prayer absolutely makes a difference. I believe that if it wasn't for corporate prayer, we would right now be meeting probably in a cinema or a little community hall because it didn't look like we had any chance in the world of securing this building until the church prayed. And we saw the most tremendous turnaround in circumstances and situations. You might say, oh, it's a fluke, Hartley. That wasn't a fluke. 
I was in the midst of this for years. God moved because we prayed. God moved because we prayed. Yeah, let's give him some praise. He moves because we pray. And there's all sorts of circumstances that we can have change because of our prayers. Just one final story. I was, as a young boy, growing up in the northern beaches of Sydney, we had a, a place called the Rock Lily, and the Rock Lily was um, this old, like, historic kind of facade of a building that, uh, when I was a teenager, was like a pub, and its biggest nights, without a shadow of a doubt, was when it used to put on, very regularly, under-18 alcohol-free dances. Ladies and gentlemen, they weren't alcohol-free. These were nights where a lot of evil took place. There was a park across the road, and I was aware of some things that was happening and going on. One night, a young a girl lost her life, got hit by a car out the front. It was an awful place and awful things happening. And I remember as a young boy with other teenagers from the church I grew up in saying, let's see a change in this place. So we would go down there frequently, walk around the oval across the thing, walk around the building, and we would pray for a change. We wanted to see a change in our suburb. We wanted to see something move. I found out years later there was other churches praying the same thing. And it was a great day when one day that nightclub shut down and became a family pizza restaurant. And I know all of us that were involved in praying just felt like we helped to make a difference. We helped to possibly save lives, to save a lot of young people going through a lot of heartache by the hand of God. And that is our God. So my prayer is that over these next 21 days, we would pray and really pray. You know, so often in our society, it's like, oh, this is happening to someone. And someone goes, yeah, I'll pray for you, mate. And it's like, and then they go off to the pub and they're just like, are they praying? Like, let's be a church that, you know, we pray. We pray, we pray, we pray. And as we draw to a close here this morning, I, uh, I'm just going to put out an invitation because there's one prayer that stands above every other prayer we ever pray. It's a short prayer. It's actually quite simple, but it's more profound, more powerful than any other prayer we can ever pray in life. It is a prayer that I said when I was 12 years of age by my bed. It's a prayer where we just simply say to God, I'm sorry for sinning. I'm sorry that I do sin. And I want you to wash me clean. I want you to forgive me. And I want to start walking with you. Life get bu gets busy and other things take our time, but we need to make sure that above everything, we're in relationship with God. It's more important than anything. And right here, this beautiful Silverwater family this morning, in a moment, I'm just going to give people an opportunity. If you're here today and you may have never said a prayer like that. In a moment, I'll give you a chance just to raise your hands and say, yes, Hartley, that's me. I'll, I would actually like to say that, that prayer. I would like to have my sins forgiven. I would like to start a relationship with Jesus Christ and for him to come into my heart. I'll, you'll have an opportunity. Or maybe you, you once did that. You might have done it when you were a young person and years have gone by, but you know that there's not a relationship there. If you're in that category here today, what a perfect time say yes to coming back or maybe you're here today and you're just not sure of your eternity oh, we need to make sure 100% of where we're going when we leave this earth and the Bible is very clear that we can do that when our sins are forgiven 
and we walk in relationship with God. So right now, could everyone just bow their heads? Because in a moment, I'll give you that opportunity just to raise your hand and then I'll lead you in a prayer personally. Because this is important because there is going to be a day that comes one day when everyone will hear a voice, a day when all the other voices will be silenced. His voice in it, his voice only will be heard. And some will hear it for the first time. It's not that they never, he never spoke, it's just they never listened. For these, God's voice will be a voice of a stranger. They'll hear it once and they'll never hear it again. They will spend eternity fending off the voices they followed on earth. But others will be called by a familiar voice. For they are sheep who know their shepherd. They are servants who open the door when Jesus knocked. Now that door will be open again. Only this time it won't be Jesus who walks in to us. It'll be us that walks in to be with him. So today I believe that Jesus is knocking on the hearts of some people here. And if you would like to respond to that and say, yes, that's me, Hartley. I do need to say that prayer. I need to be washed clean today of my sins and start to follow him seriously. Right now with just heads bowed, eyes shut, the ground floor and those up in the mezzanine. If you're here today, you would like to just say that prayer. Could you be ever so brave? And just raise your hand right now and say, yes, Hartley, that's me here today. I would like to say that prayer. I would like to say that prayer. I would like here today to invite Jesus into my life. I would like forgiveness of my sins. I would like to be washed clean. I would like to know the assurance of my eternity is in heaven with God. Who is there here today? It's a simple prayer. It's a 30-second prayer. You can just wave your hand. Then I'll say this simple prayer. We'll all say it as a church congregation. Is there anyone here today who would like to say this prayer? It's the most powerful prayer ever we can pray. Let's give it another moment. It's the most important part of our whole service is this right now. It's wonderful. God is so good to us. Why don't we all stand? thing is with prayer is sometimes we've just got to kind of activate it and get it going again and uh, even right now we're about to sing a closing song but just before we get there I just want us as a church now we're starting 21 days where we're going to dedicate it to the Lord we're going to dedicate it to him in prayer and right now I just want us to start to pray pray however works for you you can pray whatever why don't you just start to activate your prayer life now why don't you just, you could be telling God how good He is. You be praying for a circumstance, a situation. You might pray for that anointing I talked about before to fall on your life here today, that you would make a difference in the world, that you would carry the presence of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just press in for 60 seconds here today. Lift up our prayer voice. Let it be heard in heaven by the people of God. A mighty roar in heaven of people praying, lifting our voices, activating our prayer life, asking God to help us for the next 21 days to pray like we've never prayed before, to draw near to Him like never before, to give Him the focus that He deserves. He is God. He is alive. Jesus reigns. We have a city to save. 
Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the gift of praying. We thank you, Lord. It is so worthy. We thank you that you hear our prayers. Help us, Lord God, to be people who pray. We thank you, Lord, our worlds will turn around. We will see significant differences as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. Why don't we give him a clap offering? God bless you, church. Just want to let you know that a lady called Heidi Wiseman, she's done prayer. Uh, She's done uh, workshops on prayer here before. She's here tonight at 5 o'clock. If you want to keep going into this prayer and learn more, she's going to be imparting and praying for people for the gift of uh, praying. So I'd love to have you back. If not, God bless you. The glass house is open. We'd love to have a cup of tea or coffee with you. Have a great week, church.